Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast with Michael Boldea. All right, welcome to the program and thank you for joining us. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast. I am, as always, your humble host, Michael Boldia, and as always, it is a pleasure to have you with us. Although you didn't miss me because we pre-recorded the program, I have been on hiatus for two weeks. Uh, I, I, I look like a marshmallow. I, I actually got some vitamin D. Uh, it was sunny, it was hot, it was humid. Uh, and we're back at it. Today is March the 24th, the year of our Lord, 2022. And um, I guess every day that goes by wherein nuclear war is not announced is a good day nowadays, uh, which, is, which is kind of a scary prospect. We got to this place very quickly. Uh, and uh, the, the tension keeps ratcheting up. Um, there's, there's nobody that is taking a step back and... This is the Light of Truth radio broadcast with Michael Boldea. All right, welcome to the program and thank you for joining us. This is the Light of Truth radio broadcast. I am your host, Michael Boldea, and as always, it is uh, good to be with you again, uh, given the times that we live in. Every sunrise is a reason to be thankful. Every sunset is a reason to be thankful. And then all the air you breathe in and out, reason to be thankful too. So uh, good to be with you. Uh, A lot to discuss as always because, hey, the world has gone absolutely nuts. Uh, It is bordering on the absurd. But before we get into all of that, uh, before we get to the nitty-gritty, as the kids like to say, I do want to remind you that today, um, or at least today's program, is being recorded. Uh, I like to mention it just in case something happens between now and then. So, today is April the 7th, the year 2022. Indeed, it is the same day the program is supposed to air, uh, but we're recording it a little early because I got kids to pick up from school responsibilities of fatherhood, you know. So, allow me to take a sip of my delicious beverage, first and foremost. Uh, Then we can get into it, because, yeah, we'll get into it. Oh, that hit the spot. Uh, Made my own coffee. Uh, It's it's probably like a three-year-old K-cup, but you know what? It's it's, uh, black and it's hot, and hopefully there's some caffeine left in it. Now, before we get into anything, uh, I, I, I would like, because Anne mentioned this, uh, Anne works in our office, and apparently somebody wrote in, uh, all perplexed and uh, flustered that I, uh, I guess, spoke the term, uh, read the tea leaves. Uh, 
Now, uh, for individuals who take everything literally, who don't understand that there are expressions in the English vernacular, such as reading the tea leaves that have nothing to do with sorcery, uh, I, I, I don't know how to help you. By the way, I, I don't use tea leaves. Uh, they're, they're very uh, iffy. I, I prefer chicken bones or coffee grinds. Uh, now, for those of you not realizing, that was a joke and an attempt at humor. It was a joke, just as reading the tea leaves was an expression. Look, the world is burning down around us, and this is what we're focusing on. This is the thing that gets our go. This is the thing that we must cling to, the hill that we're willing to die on. Why did you say reading tea leaves? It's an expression. Please. You're, I, if this is the thing that gets you, then the future is going to be a very sad and empty place for you. It's, it's going to be uh, detrimental to your mental as well as physical health. Uh, again, it was an expression. I don't read tea leaves. I don't throw chicken bones. Uh, I, I, I don't practice, uh, whatever it's called, um, something, uh, that ends with an RIA, cancerier or something. I don't know. It's, it's, it's what the, the Mexican voodoo witches do. Uh, um, but that said, no, uh, you have to allow for expressions. Uh, Santeria is what they called it back in the day. I think they still do. So, uh, Santeria. I don't practice Santeria. There was even a song that started out. The first bar was, I don't practice Santeria. So, I don't. No leaves, no bones, no coffee grinds. And again, if this is the thing that gets your goat, then, uh, oh boy, are you focusing on the wrong thing. Now, uh, we're going to discuss what's happening um, in this country because I live here and you live here. For the most part, all of the listening audience lives here. So uh, we'll discuss what's going on here and uh, sort of tie it into an article that I happened upon uh, on, on Christian Post. So, you know, it's uh, on the up and up. But uh, I, I understand that there's a difference between causation and correlation. I think the correlation is substantial enough where we can deduce causation. I know some of you are going, what are you talking about? Well, uh, this because of that is basically causation. So how did we get here? We got here because the American Bible Society found that an unprecedented number uh, of Bible users have stopped using the Bible in the last year. Uh, the title of the article is American Bible Society Finds unprecedented drop in number of Bible users in one year. I've mentioned this before, worth mentioning again. The further you draw from the light, the deeper the darkness. 
It's not as though you, you, you walked away from the cone of light that was the fire, and that's it. There's, there's no gradation. Yes, there is. The more we walk away from truth, the deeper we descend into deception, the deeper we descend into lies, the di- deeper we, we, we descend into darkness. Um, I don't know which one to start with first because there's so much going on. There's so many things that you're sitting there scratching your head going, but really, this is happening now? Because you have to realize the devil doesn't stop his pursuit of defiling everything just because there's threat of world war. The devil doesn't stop desiring to deceive, if possible, even the elect, just because uh, war drums have started a beating. He's not distracted like the church is. The devil keeps doing what the devil's doing, and the church is still asleep, which is good for the devil. Not so good for the church, though. So let's start with the article. As far as the unprecedented drop in the number of Bible users goes, and from there, talk about what's happening in this country, in the world, and the speed with which we are attempting to surpass Sodom and Gomorrah as far as depravity goes. I know that some of you believe we've already surpassed Sodom and Gomorrah. I, I think that we're, that's probably true. But look, again, we're going to get into it so you can see for yourself just how depraved everything around us has gotten within the last year. It seems as though evil has been unleashed. Depravity has been allowed to run roughshod. And even supposed ambassadors of God himself are are saying things that in any sane world would have them defrocked and removed from any position of spiritual authority. So, here's the article. There has been an unprecedented drop in the number of Bible users in the United States since last year, according to a report released by the American Bible Society. The 2022 State of the Bible report, released Wednesday, based its findings on responses collected from a survey of 2,598 U.S. adults conducted in January. The 12th annual report asked Americans a variety of questions about their Bible use and their thoughts on its role in society. A preface to the report also highlights changes in the percentage of Bible users in the U.S. over time. The American Bible Society defines Bible users as those who use the Bible at least three to four times each year on their own outside of a church setting. So it's not a high bar. Three to four times each year on their own, that is what is 
accepted as the definition of a Bible user. So if someone cracks open a Bible three to four times within 12 months outside of church or a church setting, then they are hereby knighted Bible users. So again, the bar is, there, there is no bar. It's not low. It's buried beneath the ground. All you have to do is shuffle across. And even so, seemingly, Bible users are in a steep decline. So let's recap. People who use the Bible at least three to four times each year on their own outside of a church setting. After reaching a high of 53% in 2014, the share of Bible users among the U.S. adult population consistently remained between 48 and 51. Just last year, 50% of Americans were Bible users. However, in 2022, Bible users in the U.S. accounted for just 39% of the adult population, the lowest in more than a decade. The State of the Bible report described the 11% decrease as an unprecedented drop in the percentage of Bible users in the United States when applied to the U.S. population as a whole. The figure suggests that the number of Bible users in the U.S. dropped from 128 million in 2021 to 103 million in 2022. The group labeled Bible users consisted of Americans who read the Bible outside of church infrequently as three to four times a year to those who use the Bible daily. 10% of U.S. adults use the Bible daily, while 4% use it four to six times a week. 7% consult it two to three times a week. 5% read the Bible once a week. And 7% read it once a month. But yes, we are a Christian nation. We are the rising phoenix. The phoenix shall rise. Those are bleak numbers, kids. 39% of the adult population are considered, and it's, it's preposterous that you consider someone a Bible user if they crack it open three to four times a year. Get that out there. Yet, even at this scale, it's only 39%. More than half, 60% of Americans, use the Bible less than three to four times a year. I, are we going to go into the negative? How are we going to do that math? What, are you just reading a verse at a funeral? Well, I, I used it once. My Aunt Gladys went to the great beyond, and I read a passage out of the Psalms. It was kind of interesting, those Psalms. 
Okay, so things to rethink. Let's put it that way. America is not, statistically speaking now, a Christian nation. 39% are considered Bible users cracking the Bible open three to four times a year. Again, more than half, 60%, apparently use the Bible less than three to four times a year. I don't know when. Maybe I, maybe on Christmas. I know. He said Christmas. He said tea leaves and Christmas. Ichabod, indeed. Okay. A plurality. of those surveyed never read the Bible on their own, while 12 read it less than once a year, and 8% look at it. You don't even have to read it. It's, It's like Moses and the silver serpent. They look at it once or twice a year. My grandpa used to talk about people just wiping the dust off of their Bibles every six months or so because uh, visitors would notice that nobody had touched it. He didn't know how right he was. 8% just look at it. Once or twice a year. State of the Bible report also demonstrates what the American Bible Society describes as major decrease in scripture engagement, which is defined as consistent interaction with the Bible that shapes people's choices and transforms their relationships with God, self, and others. The estimated number of scripture-engaged Americans dropped from 64 million in 2021 to 49 million in 2022. At the same time, the estimated number of Bible disengaged Americans rose from 100 million last year to 145 million this year. But yes, hey, we have God bless America on our currency, in God we trust. Do we though? People look at it once or twice a year. So can we really ask, why are all these things that are happening in our country and in the world happening when these are the statistics? And listen to this next part, because it's very telling. When asked, how do you think our country would be without the Bible, specifically referring to a hypothetical scenario where nobody read the Bible at all, a plurality of respondents, 45% in fact, indicated that they thought the U.S. would be worse off without the Bible. You don't say. Ooh. This is a noticeable decrease from last year when 54% of those surveyed believed that the U.S. would be worse off without the Bible. See, slowly but surely, people are going, eh, it wouldn't make a difference. Really? 
Kentucky governor vetoes bill banning boys from competing in girls' sports. That's just one headline. Vineyard Anaheim leaders screaming dishonor for leaving the nomination, founder's widow. Another headline. Former Hillsong pastors say Brian Houston bullied them into handing over church assets. Another headline. Hannah Tubbs given light sentence by George Gascon, accused of attacking four-year-old. This is a, a, a transgendered individual that was literally accused of trying to assault four-year-old little girl. We talked about what's happening with uh, the happiest place on earth. That's Mickey's lap. Uh, and, and what they're doing, the, the, the word of the hour apparently is grooming because that is what networks, politicians, and multinational companies are promoting now. They're not even – see, it, it's no longer a hidden thing. They've been trying to normalize pedophilia forever. It hasn't gone over well because even though people aren't reading their Bibles, their natural state, they're just, just it makes your skin crawl, the whole notion of pedophilia. So they realize, well, we're not going to try to convince the public. We're just going to groom children. And eventually we'll be the majority if we groom enough children. Another headline, the City Council of Palm Springs, California, has approved a pilot program that will give 20 residents who claim to be transgender or non-binary a guaranteed income of $600 to $900 a month for two years. The payout will cost taxpayers some $200,000. So... Palm Springs is offering financial reciprocity if you admit to being a pervert. Are you a pervert? Are you a hedonist? Do you think you're a different gender than the body you were born to? Well, come to Palm Springs. We'll give you free money. But they should do that in a couple cities so that God doesn't have to blanket bomb the entire nation. No? That's, that's so mean, Brother Michael. Is it, though? It happened with Sodom and Gomorrah, did it not? They reached an apex of darkness and sin, of hedonism and perversion, until finally God said, no mas. No more. That's it. You're done. But if you want to understand why and how we got here, all you have to do is look at this report that was put down by the put out by the American Bible Society, and that's really all you need to do. The less people are engaged with the Word of God. The less people are engaged with the light, the less people are engaged with the truth, 
the more the darkness will consume. The more the darkness will grow, the more pronounced the darkness will be. 41% of respondents contended that the country would be about the same without the Bible. Indeed? You think so? Hmm. An increase from 33% who said so in 2021. The share of Americans who think that the U.S. would be better off without the Bible remains flat at 14%. That is probably the same people that believe, you know, grooming children is not a problem. They're the same people who believe that teachers uh, going into detail regarding their sexual exploits with four and six-year-olds is a-okay and thumbs up. Look, the only thing that can fix this is fire. I I know that sounds callous and cruel and mean. (gasps) Brother Mike, but I... No. The only thing that can fix this. We've gotten to that point where every day you wake up and you go, when? It's not so much if anymore, it's when. Whom will God choose to judge this nation? Whom will God choose to rain fire down? When? Not if. When? We're no longer protecting and defending the innocent. We're celebrating the predators, grooming them. A child ought to cling to its innocence for as long as it can. You have everyone from politicians to TV stars to movie stars to multinational companies saying, hey, no, we should sexualize children as young as possible. Two, three, four, bring it on. We'll show them what to do. But yeah, I know, rising phoenix. And I'm not saying these things to you for you to lose hope. I'm saying these things to you so that you could live in in, in the real world so that you could see the reality of what's going on around us, so you don't have an aneurysm because I mentioned the words tea leaves. This is what is happening in your country. This is what is happening in the world. Listen to this. This guy's an English priest. A bishop in the UK has described the process of becoming transgender as a quote-unquote sacred journey. In a letter urging the nation's government to ban trans conversion therapy, one UK bishop has demanded that the UK government implement a ban on trans conversion therapy describing the process in which people become transgender as a sacred journey. Is it, though? So now butchering yourself, cleaving pieces off of your body, is a sacred journey. And this man is still considered a bishop. 
He hasn't been run out of town, tarred and feathered, and whipped with a cat of nine tails. Because that's what he deserves. Brother Michael, are you condoning violence? No, I'm not condoning violence. But sometimes violence is necessary. The clergyman's comments come as Britain moves to ban so-called conversion therapy for homosexuals through those who identify as transgender. Though those who identify as transgender will not be covered by the proposed legislation. Many are not happy about this exclusion, however, with a number of activists expressing outrage over the government's decision despite attempts by the UK Conservative Party to appease the country's LGBT lobby. One of, the unha- one of those unhappy with the exclusion is Rowan Williams, an Anglican bishop who previously served as the Archbishop of Canterbury, considered to be the most senior clerical role in the Anglican Church. This is the man who wrote a letter to the UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson urging him to implement a ban on trans-conversion therapy. Slowly but surely, everything that is good and noble and pure, everything that is just and righteous, everything that isn't skewed and perverted will be outlawed. It will be illegal to tell someone that they need help, that they are mentally ill, that there is no normalcy in the idea that they're a cat, a dog, or a different gender than that into the body in which they were born. I know... Oh my goodness, how can you say those things? Really? This is the reality we live in. So now it's sacred. Chopping off your kibbles and bits is a sacred journey, didn't you know? And you have the... You have the governor of Kentucky... Kentucky, this isn't New York, this isn't California, this is Kentucky. And the governor of Kentucky vetoed the bill banning boys from competing in girls' sports. This is getting, it's not, it's gotten, it's getting out of hand. It's, It's so far out of hand, there's no hands left. This has gotten out of hand. We are reaching the crescendo, children, because this was, this was their last hurdle. Normalizing pedophilia. Where do you go from here? I know those of you that have, like, pets, and, and you think yourselves cat moms, or, well, you know, they could go to zoophilia. I'm sorry. 
sexualizing and abusing a child is far worse in my eyes than a dog or a cat. I know, I, you don't love pets. Be normal. Stop looking for a reason to argue and just be normal. And the reason for all of this, the why and how of how we got to this place is because we shunned the truth. We rejected the word of God. Less and less people spending time in the word. Less and less people believe that the Bible is a necessary component for a nation to function well. only going to get worse and they will use laws to silence dissent as they have been and there will be many people calling themselves bishops and pastors and and, and everything under the sun going well it's the law I mean it's the law what can we do about it You should have done something about it long before now. But you were too busy positioning yourself for a bigger piece of the pie. You were too concerned with the things of this earth and the machinations and machinations of politics and politicians, of, 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 of church attendance, of the people that write your paycheck, whatever it was. And now we're here. And you have people thinking themselves righteous and true because they look at the Bible once or twice a year. There are still voices out there. There are still people trying to defend the innocent. Trying to hold to account the ghouls. But it's getting harder and harder and there are less and less because every arm of government is now set against morality. Every arm of government is now set against true justice. After the remains of full-term aborted babies were recovered at an abortion clinic before being incinerated as medical waste. This is, this is what babies have become now. Medical waste. How have we gotten here? Because we walked away from the reality that life is a precious gift. That it is God who breathes the spark of life. So if you no longer cherish the word of God, if you no longer believe in the omnipotence of the God of the Bible, 
Why wouldn't you see a full-term baby as nothing more than medical waste? Hmm? After the remains of a full-term aborted babies, so it's not just one baby, it's, it's plural. It's more than one at least. were recovered at an abortion clinic before being incinerated as medical waste. Pro-life activists are demanding that the Department of Justice take action against the abortionist they believe committed the illegal act. So, American prophetic, nothing's going to happen to this abortionist. In certain quarters, they will even be celebrated. In certain quarters, they'll even be labeled as heroes. Full-term babies. Aborted. That means that, that someone actually snuffed out the life of a defenseless baby, because if they're full-term, then they're viable. What can I say? And there's still some of you out there that keep sending me, we're a rising phoenix, brother. Just you wait. You're going to eat your words. Am I? This is what's happening. This was in Washington State. This is what is happening in your country. This is what is happening in your state. This is what is happening because we've turned our back on God. We've rejected the word of God. And spineless weasels like Joel Osteen insist that all you've got to do is wave a hand and you're saved. Look at your Bible once or twice a year. Don't even crack it open or read it. Just look at it. And you're considered a reader of the word, a man who is deeply, deeply and profoundly aware of the mysteries of the Bible. Look at it. Apparently, they, they, they found the remains of these babies before they were able to be incinerated. They opened containers and they found babies with a range of injuries, including a fully intact girl who had one eye open, an incision in the back of her neck, her brain suctioned out, and her skull crushed. And a fifth baby who was whole and still inside the amniotic sac. Rising Phoenix, apple of God's eye, we are the nation of nations, a city of light on a hill. Don't believe the propaganda, we're not. We are despicable and grotesque deserving of the fullness of the judgment of God. There's no rising phoenix here. There's no righteousness among the people. 
where's the church in all of this? Other, other than calling uh, transitioning transgenders, uh, or, or at least the journey thereof, a sacred thing. Franklin Graham insisting that, you know, Jesus would have gotten jabbed, you know, do what Jesus would have done. Godliness here. If you're still under that misconception, if you're still living with that illusion, you need to get away from that mindset because then you're going to turn to God and go, Lord, why are you judging a godly nation? Are we not your people? No, you're not. You're not his people. Staring at your Bible once or twice a year doesn't make you a child of God. Repeating Joel Osteen's tired lines doesn't make you a child of God. There. This is my Bible. I bring it with me because I don't want to seem like I couldn't afford one. I don't want to be left out. This is my Bible. I believe what it says, but I don't know what it says because I've never read it. But if I would read it, I would believe it. But I don't have time for that. I whew, this just this this gets me angry to the point that my blood is boiling. And the reason we are here, the reason that judgment is inevitable. Is because as a nation, we've turned our back on God. We've rejected the notion of repentance. We've rejected the call to righteousness. It's not undeserved. But if you keep having that picture in your mind that we're a godly nation, then when judgment does descend, you'll go, but, but Lord, why? Now you know the Why? You say you are rich. And we can't even say that anymore, can we? But we're still clinging to the hope. I don't know what more to say. you're looking at everything that's going on and you realize we're pretty close. And it doesn't seem like we're, we're taking our foot off the gas. I don't know if you saw it, uh, but the man behind the curtain decided to come out of hiding and take a lap. And uh, they had this big uh, hoopla at the White House, I think, or somewhere. Yeah, it's at the White House. Uh, Barack Hussein Obama was there, and, and, and so was uh, Mr. Robinette Biden. And to be perfectly honest with you, 
it was the first time I felt sad for Joe Biden. He was thoroughly ignored by all the people that are supposed to be working for him, and especially so by the former president, the man, well, not former, but, you know, the, the, before, before the orange-haired man, there was one they called Barack. And uh, Mr. Robinette Biden was Barack's vice president. He, he went on and on about him, uh, you know, being a clean and well-dressed black man. Uh, I, maybe Mr. Robinette Biden was impressed by a suit but not by the substance of the man. I don't know. But if you watch this video and see how thoroughly ignored Joe Biden is, you realize that he's not even a straw man. He's just, these people are doing what they want. They are steering the nation exactly where they want it to go. And it's not Joe Biden steering the ship by any means. Now, if you want some advice from uh, a former first lady, Hillary Clinton says people should go around saying gay all the time. Because why not? That's her advice. I think Barack Obama has uh, darker aspirations than to just walk around saying gay all the time. But many things are beginning to come to light. We are beginning to see patterns within patterns. And the one thing that I've noticed is that pretty much everything the other side accuses you of is something they're planning on doing. So um, I told you this maybe, what, three months ago? American prophetic strikes again. Because you have to understand your enemy in order to foresee their movement. And right now, uh, Il Dottore Fauci is uh, laying the groundwork for uh, November. I know, I, Michael, come on, they're not going to do that. that. That's what people said three months ago. Listen to this, just so you are aware, so that when it happens, you go, hey, there it is. Especially now that there are certain local elections that are starting to come back, and they're realizing just how slaughtered they're going to get by the people. So what they will be doing, in uh, no short order is uh, making the will of the people void by repeating the 2020 elections and doing everything they can, pouring bunches of money, staying up into the wee hours of the morning, penning, you know, voting ballots, as many as they need. But Il Dottore Fauci says that it's likely the U.S. will see a surge 
in coronavirus cases in the fall. And what will that mean for you, dear listener? Well, another round of stay at home and vote by mail because that's the easiest way they can cheat. Il dottore Antonio Fauci, President Joe Biden's chief medical advisor and the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, told Bloomberg Television on Wednesday that it's likely that the United States will experience a surge in coronavirus cases in the fall once again. But have no fear, il dottore Fauci shall be here. Take the jab, put on a mask, and stay home. That's okay. We'll send your ballot in the mail. And it's, it's just because we don't want you to go through the hassle, we'll even fill it out for you in advance. You know what? You don't even have to send it back. We'll just send it to ourselves, already filled out with your name and address. Thank you for voting and being part of a constitutional republic. Not that it matters, really. Because look at what Pierre Delecto's doing. Mitt Romney is voting for the nomination of, of this woman on the Supreme Court, who apparently has no problem with pedophilia. Hey, Utah, you should ask Mitt Romney about that. This is a woman who gave light sentences to every case of pedophilia that came across her desk. Not surprising what's going on with uh, the big mouse. Look, it's, it's, it's spearheading into this. It's coming to a head. And another thing you need to get out of your mind, out of your, your, your thought process, is that it's Democrat versus Republican. Mitch McConnell just donated to Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney's not even considered a Republican by Wyoming anymore. But Mitch McConnell, the man who's supposed to be the Senate leader of the Republicans, just gave money to her. Mitt Romney's voting in for a woman that is A-OK with pedophilia, to be on the Supreme Court of these United States. He's supposed to be not only a Republican, but an honest-to-goodness good Mormon. Remember that? He's a man of principle. So, if you tether your hope in anything other than God, if you tether your hope in anything other than the Word of God, you will be profoundly disappointed because it's not Republican and Democrat. And we talked about this a long time ago. It's about globalism versus nationalism. And a lot of these people were promised seats at the gilded table. And though you may have to suffer, and though their constituency may have to suffer, although the average citizen uh, may be crushed underfoot, Mitt Romney will never have to suffer. Mitch McConnell, Liz Cheney, their immediate families will never have to suffer. 
I don't know. Maybe that makes you happy. Beth more likely is. Flowing hair and beautiful dresses. That's worth a little pain for the average Joe, isn't it? It's coming. If you think you've seen the worst of it, you're fooling yourself. And if you think that any politician will save you, you're fooling yourself again. So even though Bible readers have dropped precipitously in this country, probably a good idea to get back into that word and see what it says about the times that we're living in. Because by the lack of reaction from the modern-day church, I do believe that they believe in the rising phoenix theory. I'm not seeing it. We have been given over to the desires of our hearts, kids, as a nation. And it's undeniable by any metric or measure that the desires of our hearts are dark and diseased. They are foul, monstrous. There is no mercy or goodness in them. And this ought not to surprise anyone. Because if people had kept reading their Bibles, they would have known that the heart of man is exceedingly wicked. They would have known that a man who trusts in man is a cursed thing. They would have known that God is righteous and just. And he will judge righteously and justly. They would have known all these things. But then again, who's got the time to read their Bibles anymore? We have more important things to do like calling transgenderism a sacred journey. Yeah. This is what a godless world looks like. And I don't know about you, But there's nothing wholesome or attractive about it. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you for being with us. Uh, Lord willing, we'll be with you again next week. And uh, we'll see what else happens. Something always does. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being with us. 
Uh, and Gino, if you've got anything to say, the floor is yours. Thank you, Mike. Well, I was at a music conference right out of Nashville for the last couple of days. And I was with uh, a player who travels with Ricky Skagg, Christian Bluegrass artist. And he said a very disheartening thing at the lunch table. He said, I've toured in Southern gospel bands and I've traveled. And, and he said literally the worst character and the worst fruit that he's seen has been in, in, in the Christian music arena of people. He said he'd rather be around his, you know, secular friends or not friends, but, you know, music people or, and, and I, you know what, it, it's, it's exactly what Mike preached today. There is an absolute reason that the church is, is literally not coming to a point of, of, uh, of being the reason the judgment's coming to America. And, I didn't offer that. He he brought it up at the the table. He knew I was a Christian artist with some other ones there, and and it's it, it's what Mike's saying. People don't read their Bible. Well, if they don't read their Bible, they won't know what the Lord expects or what God wants us to do and be and and and, and live. I, I think Mike said it all today. I think he laid a good laid it out succinctly. Of, of what a big problem is today. We take time for everything but God, the Word of God, and, 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 and being with God. And so remember, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not want sin against thee. And the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, is able to divide what? Joint, marrow, and spirit, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. There is no greater in the history of the world in the Bible for transforming lives and teaching us God's way. Thank you for listening to the Light of Truth broadcast. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast, The Light of Truth with Michael Baldea. If you would like to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website at handofhelp.com. If you have questions about our ministry, you can email us at handofhelpoffice at AOL.com or simply call us at 920-206-9910. God bless you.